Welcome to the second episode of the Cardano Development Insights podcast. I'm Joris van Opperij. And I'm Oli Giu. Our insights platform is where we share our ideas and expert knowledge of local financial market development in frontier and emerging markets with a strong focus on local currency financing. After listening to today's podcast, head over to our website to find out more. This podcast series will explore Cardano Development's role as a local currency financing house and how it supports its companies with fund management and incubation to transform the financial markets of frontier economies. For this episode, we will explore the role of technical assistance or TA in developing capital markets. We will hear from industry peers and recipients of TA and talk about the successes they've had and discuss any practical advice and tips and tricks to create successful TA programs. So let's look at today's key insights. Building technical assistance funding into business concepts is incredibly important for early adoption, scale up and replicability in the long term. Systemic technical assistance intervention creates a stronger local financial market environment, which helps new investments and activity. Government donor agencies can play a significant role in technical assistance activities. And mutual understanding of the challenges faced by local market representatives is an integral part of gaining trust and buy-in on technical assistance programs. So let's get to it. Introducing you to our lineup of guests, we have... My name is Fleur Henderson, Senior Project Director, Cardano Development. Hi, I'm Ingrid Hagen, Vice President of Strategic Projects at Franklear. Hi, I am Asafa Sumoro, Capital Market Advisor at the National Bank of Ethiopia. My name is Victor Kiri, Senior Capital Market Specialist with the Financial Sector Deepening Africa. My name is Ajaze Ozakalu, I'm um, the head of external relations at FMBQ Group. So, Oli, for anyone who doesn't have in-depth experience on the topic, what is technical assistance? Well, technical assistance is a versatile development and training tool that can be deployed to mobilize additional sources of finance for the sustainable development goals by lowering the risks and high transaction costs associated with investments in new, uncertain or fragile markets. So let's dig a little bit deeper now and speak to our guests. Fleur, can you first tell us a bit about Cardano Development's incubator initiative, Jodea? Yeah, Cardano Development is both a fund manager and an incubator. And uh, in the incubator, we are developing in-house, of course, together with our strategic partners, uh, new ideas and business concepts. And within our incubator, we have a program called Jodea, which is a unique funding pot from KFW. KFW reinvests the interest received from its uh, subordinated loan invested in TCX, one of the daughter companies of Cardano Development, into Jodea, which uh, is an annual budget of around $2 million. And the focus is around capital market development in combination with local currency financing. And it's very much interested in uh, providing support that brings additionalities and innovations into the local capital markets. And Fleur, um, what is the benefit of technical assistance and why is that important? Yeah, so as I said before, local capital markets in, uh, let's say, in frontier settings are, are not that much mature as, uh, for example, the markets here are in Europe. So if we want to increase the, the capacity as well as the knowledge of the local 
market ecosystem, like the central banks, the Ministry of Finance, the local banks, the, also the international banks were active in the local capital markets. What we have seen in the past, they're very willing to step into certain new business concepts, but it often lacks the technical knowledge and skills. So there we need to bring added value. And that's where we uh, fill, fill in the gap with technical assistance. So, Flirt, tell me, there, Cardano sees uh, sort of two major differences in uh, the way that technical assistance can be delivered. Can you talk to me about that? So the first type is, is focused on training uh, and capacity building uh, for the investee self, for the project that we as CD are investing in. This uh, type of activity can be best described as uh, hand-holding technical assistance, where the focus is very much on the transaction itself. The second uh, type of technical assistance is much more a longer-term activity, which has a more systemic nature and focus very much on the capital market development itself. Uh, so let's um, highlight a, a typical capital market technical assistance program from TCX supported by Judea, um, and that's the Forecasting and Policy Analysis System, FPAS. Um, so can you describe that program? Yeah, well, you could say that FPAS is the technical assistance uh, initiative for TCX. So for people who are not familiar to TCX, TCX offers uh, currency derivatives in frontier financial markets where such products are difficult to access or are not existing. FPAS is a typical Judea technical assistance intervention that supports the market development by increasing the transparency and market information, which leads to more investments. A forecasting policy analysis system, FPAS, provides a local benchmark, which leads to, uh, in the end, to local currency transactions that otherwise would not have been possible because the, the information available in the market is not yet there to set a well-functioning local benchmark for the different tenors, which is the fundament on which TCX builds. For each country, a tailor-made FPAS model uh, must be created. Given the lack of data for these markets, this is a very time consuming and knowledge intensive activity involving um, a lot of um, intelligence and data from local resources. However, for the least developing, uh, developed countries, the price of developing and maintaining an FPAS model is relatively high if you compare it to the commercial demand for local currency loans. Uh, so that's why Jodea um, has decided to support these this technical assistance activities and support lower income countries with this TA support. When the local currency transactions reach a certain level in terms of volume and in terms of numbers, then that will be the right moment when the local capital markets will absorb the costs of, of FPAS. And at the same time, then there will be also enough local data available to create uh, the local uh, financial models. It's been proven to be rather successful. I would like to highlight two countries. The first one is uh, Rwanda and the second one is uh, Guatemala. Because of the FPAS-based pricing, TCX had the opportunity to, to start and to make transactions. 
And over time, uh, the FPAS support was slowly modeled and moved out. And in the end, the market uh, took it over. So I think this is a clear example where the TA support achieved uh, its success. Because at the same time, I think technical assistance is always should be a, a support for the short and medium term. And it should never be a solution for the long term. Ingrid, Frontclear has been working closely with Ethiopian National Bank with technical assistance. Can you tell us a bit about that? Sure, Joris. Our technical assistance partnership with the National Bank of Ethiopia, or the NBE, uh, came to fruition at a uh, money market workshop we had in Nairobi. And that was at the offices of one of Frontclear's key investors and uh, grantors, the Financial Sector Deepening Africa, or FSDA. Um, Following an on-site visit, our second to Addis Ababa, and many interviews at the NBE, at DFID, which is one of the key funders of the program, at the IMF, World Bank, IFC offices, and more, uh, we put together a joint program uh, together with the NBE, and that program is designed to catalyze the development of money market and secondary bond markets for government securities. Um, That kind of dovetailed really well with the NBE's active agenda to improve the uptake, transparency, and uh, participation in government securities markets. Asafe can certainly speak more to this more eloquently. I think what I can focus on is a couple of the key parts of the joint program. And these are conducting a money market diagnostic framework, which we completed in October 2020. And other parts of the program include the development of a CSD for government securities, which is quite an ambitious undertaking, a legal and regulatory review and reform on the enforceability of uh, the key practices and concepts found in repo and derivative market transactions, uh, in particular repo, being a major building block to interbank markets and the secondary bond markets for government securities. The legal and regulatory review is still ongoing. We're now in phase two, and we've actually already had some contributions to reform language in a recently passed capital markets proclamation in the market. And lastly, it includes a wide-scale training program that we run off the Front Clear Academy. Thank you, Ingrid. And uh, maybe it's uh, it's good if you, from your perspective, highlight what you uh, found most striking in this process. So, so maybe a key insight. I think a key insight is, um, and that applies to kind of learning that we have across the 23 countries we work in. When you come across a regulator like the NBE that is so completely committed to changing the market and developing their secondary bond markets uh, for government securities, it is a key factor to making things move. Um, And we've come across that in Uganda. We've come across it in Ghana. um, And when you have that level of commitment, it's actually quite straightforward. It still requires time. It still requires detail. It still requires a lot of effort but it's much more straightforward to making change happen. And uh, Ingrid, you mentioned Asafer, um, and actually let's bring bring Asafer in now. Um, As a long-term recipient of technical assistance, can you tell us a bit about your experience with Frontclear? Thank you, Oli. Uh, Yes, we've been a recipient of Frontclear's technical assistance for the past couple of years. Uh, Since then, uh, we've been working very closely. Frontclear has been supporting most of the work that we do. Actually, our engagement actually started at a time when Ethiopia embarked on the huge task of, you know, developing capital markets. It's a huge economy without capital markets for many years. So at that point, this capital market development initiative was 
core pillar of the government's homegrown economic reform program. So we've been, you know, laying the foundation, you know, we've been working quite a lot of things. And then at that point, Front Clear came in. So uh, it was critical. I mean, their uh, engagement, Front Clear's engagement with us has been critically important because this capital market development initiative requires a lot of technical expertise, uh, most of which doesn't exist in Ethiopia. So uh, most of the work has been focused in the areas of market development, uh, legal and regulatory framework reviews, uh, market infrastructure support, and also capacity building. So these are the at least the four major areas that FrontClear has been supporting up till now. And as we speak, we've been working also on a number of active projects currently. So in terms of many market you know, development, uh, FrontClear developed a diagnostic from framework to start with uh, so that you know we can understand what you know the problems what the challenges are where are the gaps in terms of you know the resources in terms of infrastructure in terms of you know existing capacity so following that you know they also front clear also supported you know one of the work that we conducted which is a capital market proclamation so they provided by the technical assistance by you know reviewing the capital market proclamation suggesting important comments and suggestions which eventually were uh, incorporated in the uh, recently approved capital market proclamation on top of that in terms of capacity building you know there's also a current training program that front clear is running with front clear academy which is intended to train like a group of you know professionals assembled from national bank of ethiopia and also all other banks, all commercial banks and all insurance companies in Ethiopia, a group of 40 people, you know, currently taking training on many markets, also GMRA and ISDA documentation, most recently on derivatives. So this is like very, very important trainings, which we do not have the resources and the expertise in this area. So this technical assistance program is basically helping develop a hugely needed capacity building in this area. In terms of market infrastructure, again, for capital market and broader capital market and also development of government securities market, we need a critically important uh, infrastructure called Central Securities Depository. In that regard, FrontClear again is, has assembled international experts to help us in terms of you know, developing the design and also eventually acquiring uh, the Central Securities Depositories at the National Bank of Ethiopia. So overall, over the past two years, which currently also is active, Front Clear's assistance has been hugely, hugely important, you know, in terms of developing our markets. Technical assistance funding is now becoming more difficult to procure. So can you tell us about maybe some of the challenges that you've had? Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, technical assistance, you know, funding uh, has been, you know, hit by global, you know, the context, you know, the context starts from, you know, the impact of, you know, previous uh, global economic crisis, you know, over the past years. Also, you know, international trade disputes, you know, especially in the major economies and also the impact of global COVID pandemic, you know, has put some pressure on, you know, development partners who are, of, of course, you know, the supporters of development initiatives in, you know, uh, countries like Ethiopia and many other countries. So these are like the external pressures uh, that we have. But, you know, given all these, you know, external pressures on global funding, uh, so far, you know, we've been fortunate enough to, you know, to get, you know, some funding for the projects that we are currently running on, uh, especially the one that we're currently working with Front Clear and also other 
assistance that we get from development partners. But you know, the work that we do you know, initially has been supported by you know, our development partners, but we need more funding because the areas, especially as you know, the, the, the work that is you know, progressing, you know, the work that we do requires more resources. So we need uh, more and more of technical assistance you know, uh, having this external pressure, I think what we basically do is, you know, prioritize, you know, what we need, the priority, you know, setting priorities, you know, if there is a funding that we currently don't need, we don't need to ask it. But if there are like essential funding requirements that are filling the gap, you know, at the stage where we are really needed, uh, the funding is the one that we are doing, uh, will be doing. And also, you know, uh, pooling fundings, you know, so sometimes, you know, a particular project may not be funded by a given just a particular donor. So what we do is we work in collaboration with, you know, other development partners to make sure that the available, you know, the scarce resources utilized effectively and efficiently, basically avoiding, you know, double funding and also avoiding wastages across the chain of, you know, activities that we wanted to do. Yeah, I, th- I agree with Asafa that, you know, with, with government budgets nowadays um, and public debt management issues that TA funding is, is more difficult to find. I think from a front clear perspective, it's actually always been a slight challenge. Um, we operate in a niche. Um, it's taken quite some time for us to build up a broader understanding amongst interested parties, uh, for example, bilateral development partners, to kind of really grasp the indisputable cornerstone uh, role of money markets and interbank markets um, to the overall health and, and financial stability in a financial sector and in a system. I think without it, you know, commercial banks in a market will always struggle to manage their risks and allocate capital to productive purposes in a real economy. And that tension is increasingly there um, in the COVID pandemic environment. So we really do try to um, create the thought leadership base and uh, the policy insights, the impact reports, et cetera, that empirically underscore these conclusions. Um, You know, we have a recent policy brief called Resilience to Recovery and our 2020 impact report that are both on the website, which really do underscore that you really have to tackle these kind of challenges in the money interbank markets before you can have a healthy capital and uh, market and financial sector. Uh, We've had a couple of uh, successful Achievements recently, a grant agreement with IFC for a wide-scale program in Rwanda and with UNECA across a number of African markets. So these are just a couple of examples of financial sources that have contributed in this uh, particular environment while it's more challenging um, and alongside our existing core partners like Jodea, KFW, FSDA, DFID. So it's possible, but indeed you have to um, really work from a position of strength. Victor, can you tell us about FSD Africa's Green Bonds program in Nigeria and specifically about the technical assistance component that made it possible? Yes, thank you. So FSD Africa is a financial markets development agency. We actually use two components to help development of different financial markets across Africa. And the first component is technical assistance which is what we used in the Nigeria uh, Green Bond Program. The second one is investments, whereby we have an investment team, which is led by our very able CIO, Anne-Marie, and they actually do invest 
in companies that promote financial markets development across Africa. They either buy equity or they buy debt or they buy a mezzanine kind of instrument. So the technical assistance program is, is simply based as a catalytic or demonstration intervention that FSD Africa uses. And in the Nigeria Green Bond program, we actually used the technical assistance uh, tool that we have in FSD Africa. And when building up this technical assistance tool, we first asked ourselves, what is the gap that we would like to address in Nigeria? And the, the gap actually came out in two forms. One, of course, is that Africa is one of the most vulnerable continent when it comes to climate change. And Nigeria stands out, of course, uh, having a population of uh, 200 million people and having one of the largest economies in Africa. Then in terms of vulnerability, Nigeria really stood out. Uh, the second thing, of course, was uh, being able to promote local currency investments in Nigeria, which, again, is, is another gap that we found that uh, really needed to be catalyzed and to be demonstrated on. So the technical assistance program then decides and, and chooses a certain capital markets instrument that it will use when the gap is identified as the intervention. And in this particular case for the Nigeria Green Bond Program, the instrument that we decided to use were the Green Bond themselves. Of course, as you know, Green Bonds is an instrument that is based on the proceeds which are used to finance projects and assets with either a, an environmental benefit or impact to the economy. So once we established that green bonds are the tools that we, we would like to use, then we looked at the market. The market is basically split into three. These are the pools of capital that are available in the market, the financial instruments, and lastly, lastly the real economy or the socioeconomic effects that will happen. Nigeria has uh, the largest pension pool of capitals currently, with the pension funds uh, seated with over $30 billion uh, of assets uh, invested. And uh, because of this, of course, uh, Nigeria presented a very, uh, in terms of the market infrastructure, it presented actually a, a very good place or platform for us to, to begin the financing instruments in Nigeria, there are not many. Um, most of what is available is plain vanilla products. For example, in the fixed income industry, in the fixed income market, you find you have majorly the bonds themselves that have been issued, and most of these are plain vanilla product. And there's a need to expand the product range in, in that. The third thing, of course, we do is uh, partner selection. So we did our partner selection in, in, in this case for the Nigeria Green Bond Program. We took our time to establish a good partner that is locally on the ground, is in the jurisdiction that we would like to, to implement the intervention. And this was, of course, FMDQ, who actually are a very important partner on the ground and have, have a very good understanding of the market and their relationships with different market actors is extensive. Then, of course, there's the implementation part of the program which we divided into three. There was a regulation part. Uh, what are the regulations that we will need, for example, to make sure that we are able to use the capital markets instruments that are there? Then what is the capacity of the different market actors, the sell side, the buy side, the intermediaries? How could we boost their capacity? 
Of course, the third is the issuance, uh, a pipeline of issuance, and could we be able to demonstrate with these issuances? And on the issuance, we actually uh, divided it. Basically, we divided the whole program into two, whereby we we had both we had the government bond side, and we of course we had the the corporate bond issuances. So this intervention has actually been ongoing for the last uh, three years. It's, I have to say it has had its own successes. We've, we've, of course, been able to establish regulations by the security exchange commissions that have been passed to enable bond issuance in the market. We've had issuances both on the government side. I think we've had uh, two sovereign green bonds that have been issued. This was the first sovereign green bond issued across Africa, which I think was a huge milestone for, for the program. We also had the, the first uh, certified green bond uh, issued, which was Access Bank, which uh, the program supported. And of course, we've had about four corporates which have issued now, and we still have a live pipeline that we are working on. Thanks, Victor. Adaze, as a recipient of FSD Africa's technical assistance, can you tell us about your experience? Were there, were there any challenges or major successes? Thank you for that um, for that question. Um, I'll first of all start by talking about what FMDQ Group uh, stands for and what their aim and objective is. FMDQ, by way of introduction, is uh, Africa's first vertically integrated financial market infrastructure group. We have a few subsidiaries, FMDQ Exchange, FMDQ Private Markets, FMDQ Depository, FMDQ Clear, and FMDQ IQX Consult. Now, just like what my uh, partner said, Victor, FMDQ is committed to championing sustainability principles across the Nigerian capital market. Not only that, we're also committed to the development of the Nigerian capital market as a whole, you know, for economic prosperity. And it couldn't have come at a better time um, where the whole world was talking about climate change. We see that sustainable finance is so critical to address the challenges we're facing due to, to climate change. So yes, as a recipient to the FSD Africa Fund or support, I can confidently tell you that from our experience, we've had a very uh, fantastic time so far. We've achieved um, a lot of successes. The assistance they've provided has really accelerated growth, increased issuances. Um, we have a common goal, and that common goal is to develop Nigerian capital market in a sustainable way. And also in line with the overall agreement of the federal government in line with the Paris Agreement signed in 2015. So... As, as I mentioned, FMDQ has aligned itself, you know, towards economic prosperity. And at the very beginning, FSD Africa, through its funding, research and technical expertise, were able to identify key market challenges with FMDQ and the program partners. And also, as you know, FSD Africa's aim, obviously, is to strengthen the capacity of its partners as well and to improve access to green finance. And so we had, early in 2019, we had you know, a series three regulator boot camp that, that happened in 2019, and that was well attended. They also had the maiden green bond masterclass in 2019 as well. And that created a platform um, um, to discuss green issuances, the gaps identified in the market, such as the United Nations um, Environmental Report that says that we need 92 billion uh, between 2018 to 2030 to address infrastructural challenges in Nigeria. And so we are able to identify and actually put a value to how much is needed in terms of sustainable finance to address and develop the Nigerian capital market. We had different sessions with representatives of the Federal Ministry of Environment the Debt Management Office, 
the Ministry of um, Finance, Budget and National Planning, credit rating agencies. And so we had over 880 participants so far we've had engagements with. Wow, that's impressive. That's really impressive. <laughs> yes, we've had over 13 different capacity building sessions, eight focus sessions, and we've had tons of bilateral engagements. One thing that the program has done is that we make us, ourselves available for engagements. We have weekly meetings to look at our implementation plan. We have a long-term plan, but then we have shorter-term plans and targets that we, we always work towards achieving. And I can tell you we've achieved this because the transactions and the issuances we've had in the market are just proof that our engagements have not in any way um, been a waste of time. Now, um, FSD Africa support with quite a lot. Pre and post issuance reports, they pay for all the stakeholder engagements we have. They have never turned away any request that will support an issuance. And for us, that's an excellent experience. They support also with um, second party opinions, with the hiring of the consultants. We go through the entire procurement process together. So apart from the financial aspect, they support even with third party assurance, pre and post issuance reports. We midwife issuers all the way to market through the whole labeling process. We ensure they get the green bond certification. If they can't, they get the SPOs. We ensure that the projects, I mean, Victor mentioned the project selection. We ensure the projects tick all the boxes of the green bond principles. And with that, if they need any kind of credit enhancements, we then go ahead with even supporting with the procurement of credit rating agencies. So you can imagine how busy our program is. We're busy, we're everywhere. At the same time, we're creating a lot of awareness. So in each episode, we want to make sure you take away practical tools and actionable insight and knowledge. So this question goes to the floor. Can you share any specific advice or tips and tricks to create a successful technical assistance program? Now, if I could speak uh, from, from my behalf for FrontClear, the biggest advice I can share is to really stay true to your mandate, to continue to build expertise and proof uh, results and learning on that mandate. I've seen organizations chase funding in an effort to kind of support their technical assistance programs, and particularly when it gets challenging. And in that effort, you can kind of lose what you're good at. You have a bit of what's called mission creep. That's often something that happens. I think that we've really stuck to our niche you have to just choose what you know is going to be valuable and going to get, deliver the results that you're looking for. I think uh, an important thing would be a commitment, basically commitment and also effective leadership, you know, in terms of engaging or also, you know, working with the, you know, the provider technical assistance because uh, the, that commitment without a commitment and the strong leadership, I think, uh, you know, the huge amount of resources, both financial and also expert resources, would not be used effectively. So I would, you know, significantly emphasize, you know, the importance of, you know, commitment and also effective leadership. Also, you know, understanding of the availability of resources, you know, we have competing resources, we have, uh, you know, resources that, you know, we cannot afford to waste. Uh, so for that reason, I mean, as a recipient, we need to effectively utilize whatever we get from technical assistance. The first tip I would like to, to give is, is being able to do good knowledge management and having a good uh, understanding of what you actually want to do. So knowledge man management is very key, doing your research, doing scoping study, understanding the market, understanding where the gaps are, understanding uh, the different market actors, 
is very, very key. So understanding the different constraints, the strengths, the weaknesses in the market, understanding the opportunities, the challenges is very key when you're doing uh, your research. The other one is establishing uh, champions of change in the market because they play a very key role in the implementation and in the success of the technical assistance program. My advice, first of all, would, would be that we need some basic or you would need some basic pillars. And that will be trust, collaboration, determination, passion, and a common goal. Like the Nigerian Green Bond Program, we have our target is to create an enabling environment for Green Bond issuances, right? That's what our, our, our aim is. And so we have a common goal. And then also, I mean, they say, there's a saying that says, alone we can do so little, together we can do so much. So collaboration is very critical. So you, the parties must have an understanding, yes, of the aim of technical, technical assistance program. And then you have to agree the conditions, if there's any financial assistance or any financial component, you have to agree the conditions for that financial assistance. Because the last thing you want is for one company to take advantage of the other. I think the last and very critical point, I mean, communication is critical throughout, but then one critical point is the plan ahead. You must have a clear, smart strategy. This is what we want to achieve. How do we want to get there? So after you've done the scoping and all of that, you've agreed you want to come together, you have a combined aim, then, you know, you have a plan. With that, with constant communication, you're good to go. But it's about like mind, yeah? It's about passion and it's about having a common goal, really, at the same time. Thanks to Fleur, Ingrid, Asefa, Victor and Adaze for joining us on the podcast. Our next episode will be focused on the UN's Sustainable Development Goals and making an impact in financial markets. Please like us and review us on Apple Podcasts and visit our website for loads of extra content and information. That's cadanodevelopment.com slash insights. Bye for now and we'll see you next time. Bye bye.